Next on BYU Sports Nation, time to wreak some havoc. Enter the BYU football defense. How do the Cougs increase havoc rate now? Former Cougar and Super Bowl winning coach Brian Billick on which team needs to win more tomorrow, BYU or the Farmers? Plus, Brian Logan has played in this exact scenario, 1-3, and and going to Logan. What would he say to BYU football? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, September 28th, wherever and however you are dialed in. Wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who I always love to reminisce about BYU sports with, and that brings me to this question. I was thinking the other day, Uh if I could go back and attend one BYU sporting event in person that I did not before, what would it be? And I thought probably for an hour about this. In In the summer, right? In the summer. It's always in the summer. It's never in the fall. But is there a quick answer for you in that? Yeah, 90 versus Miami. I agree with you 100%. I didn't live in the state, so I had no shot. But I would go to that one for sure. Some people were like, why wouldn't you go to the Miracle Bowl in 1980 or the National Championship game? I'm like, look, I, I want to feel... the greatest game in BYU sports history. Yes. I want to feel the atmosphere of Lavelle Edwards Stadium on that September evening. Yeah. You beat the number one team in the country. I just want to beat a team in the country. <laughs> That's where I'm at. BYU will have that opportunity tomorrow night. Yes. Yes, they will. Tomorrow night, in-state. Not the number one ranked team in the country. But one of the top farming teams in the country. Okay. Right? Okay, that's where we're going today, man. There's there's Texas A&M. There's some others. (laughs) Idaho. (laughs) Idaho State. Right? (laughs) Texas A&M and Idaho and Idaho State. uh, UT uh, Arlington or something. Farming specialists? Yeah. This segment brought to you by FarmersOnly.com. Oh, there you go, man. That's a real thing. In our day and age, LD- that is a real LDS thing. LDSFarmersOnly.com. What? Please tell me that is not a real <laughs> thing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Time to move on wow. to the headlines. <laughs> it's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Game day eve for BYU and Utah State in Logan tomorrow night. Brian Billick. Super Bowl champion coach calls Cash Valley God's country. He used to coach at Utah State, played at BYU. We will talk to him about the matchup. Oh, Which team does beautiful. he think needs it more? Starting Canyon in the fall? Amazing. Cannot beat it. Countdown to kickoff will get you set for BYU and Utah State, 7 Eastern time. You know who's ready, Jerem? The old ball coach, mm-hmm. Kalani He's Sataki. Oh. He, he ready. The team is rested and ready to take on the Aggies towards that opportunity and going to Logan and playing people that we know and there's a good close connection with them being in state and um, just excited and I know that coaching staff very well and Matt Wells is a good friend of mine so uh, here we go again you know another another rival game and uh, looking forward to going to Logan and and having our guys show up. That's sincere I talked to him yesterday doing interviews with Countdown to Kickoff that's true but the enthusiasm level was up was ratcheted up during our conversation. He's just really excited to get back on the field to try and get rid of the bye week blues, right? BYU on a three-game losing streak. They are so 
amped to play football. Against a non-Power 5 unranked <laughs> team. That's great. <laughs> hey, some good news uh, for BYU offensive lineman and Notre Dame transfer Tristan Hodge. He's been granted an additional year of eligibility, okay? So next year, he will be a redshirt sophomore, so he'll have three years to play three, which is great. Uh, it was originally thought that he would sit out this year per D1 transfer rules and then have two years to play. He has three. So this is great news. That is, of course, the cousin of Bo Hodge, the nephew of Merrill Hodge from the mighty Highland High School Rams, home of one Taysom Hill. You know what they say, Jeremy, if some Hodge is better... Mo Longy Hodge is wait wait. Best? Some Hodge is good. Yes, <laughs> some Hodge is better. Or but you took is yeah, Mo Longy is best. Mo Longy, by the too. way, by the way, uh, hurt his ankle apparently. So the, as mentioned on Coordinator's Corner, so hopefully he'll get back soon. We missed we missed Mo Longy against Wisconsin. That's why BYU lost. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> get better, Mo. That one thing. Jamal Williams and the Green Bay Packers in Thursday night NFL football. They face divisional foe, the Chicago Bears. Da Bears! Da Bears! Tonight at 825 Eastern on NFL Network, CBS, and Amazon streaming. Who knew that a rainforest would have anything to do with streaming? By the way, the Chicago Bears, using the 280 Twitter character yesterday, tweeted out, Duh! For 280 characters, and then at the very end, Bears. And then did they say this is a bad idea? They did not say it's a bad idea, but the Mariners the Chiefs copied the Mariners. By oh, the they way. did. Yeah. Oh, interesting. You know what the Mariners aren't copying from the Chiefs? Winning. <laughs> Daniel Summerhays currently even, uh, and Zach Blair tied for twenty fifth at two under at the Albertsons Boise Open in the Ooh. Web.com Tour. Okay, Ooh. both are currently on the course. So are they are they trying to get their cards back? Cards back? Yeah, PGA Tour. That's cards. why. The, okay, Web.com is like the AAA. Or the second tier of, of uh, professional golf. Yeah, you have to finish in a certain area in the FedEx Cup standings and have earnings and things like to maintain your yeah. tour card. I love that it's web.com, by the way. Because it's like two internet things. Yes. Web.com. The internet.com. <laughs> Someone, who knows the internet.com? I don't know. Al Gore? on anything. Come on. <laughs> Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Wreaking havoc. We have talked about havoc rate since before the season started, thanks to our good friend Greg Rebel. He says that statistic is compiled not just in his head, but in his computer, and it deals with Which a number of things. Which is basically the same thing. Pretty much, yeah. And we're talking about disruption on defense. In the form of tackles for loss, pass breakups, interceptions, fumbles, takeaways, disruptive plays on defense. In fact, Mr. Rebell says the Cougars, based on what they did in 2016 compared to the number this year, they've got some catching up to do. Last year's havoc rate for BYU was over 17%. Almost one in every five plays was some kind of disruption. Mm. Well, this year it's 10%. So one in every 10 plays is now disrupted. How much of that is based on level of competition and how much of that is based on BYU just not making the plays they did last year? That's an always... This is an excellent rhetorical question to which we will try to actually answer. Difficult conversation, right? But the point is, one out of every five plays with some disruption compared to one out of ten plays is a huge contrast. Yeah, that's a big difference. BYU needs to be better. Uh, And our Twitter question today is along those lines... 
What is the one improvement you want to see from the BYU defense against Utah State? To me, it's takeaways. We just showed a graphic on BYU TV that tells you everything you need to know about the lack of takeaways for the first four games, which is our early stat of the day. Mm. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has eight fewer takeaways through the first four games this season than last season. Eight! Because BYU had six against Utah. They did not force a takeaway. No, 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 one takeaway. Two takeaways, JK, against Utah. But they didn't force any against LSU or Wisconsin. So So looking at the numbers. 11 last year, only three through four games. Do you know what Elisa Tuiaki, the defensive coordinator for Brigham, his goal is per game? It's three. BYU has three total through four games. More turnovers equals more possessions equals more plays equals more opportunity for the offense. There's a reason you ain't good offensively right now. Another look at this. Sacks, Your offense tackles isn't for loss. on the field a lot. Yes. Pass breakups, tax for loss, sacks. Not that far behind. It's the takeaways that have been a real issue. So the answer to our Twitter question today, what is the one improvement you want to see from the BYU defense against Utah State? It is takeaways. At 86WI Cougways in as well. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Control line of scrimmage. Keeping Utah State behind the chains and then stop them on third down. Need to force Utah State to punt and get off the field. I think that the offense has taken an unfair amount of the brunt of what's gone on. I think the defense and its lack of takeaways and its lack of getting off the field itself enough bears some of the burden of what has happened. Now, the offense has stunk. The offense needs to be better. And it's the majority offense's fault as to what has happened, in my opinion. But the defense can help them. Well, the defense, if you ask BYU defenders, the players that actually play in the game, they will tell you, we need to be way better. And that's good. That's encouraging. They're not buying into the concept that, oh, the offense is doing anything. We, we're living up to our end of the bargain. No, like you talk Neither to them. are. Yeah. And the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, we got to be better. Look, I, I know that our red zone defense has been okay. We kept them at, We have got to be better. But they're getting into the red zone too much. Exactly. Right? We've got yeah. to get off the field. And that is my answer to the question. Yes, takeaways would be a huge momentum builder for BYU moving forward. BYU's got to get off the field on third down. They cannot get off the field defensively on third down. BYU beats Utah. They do a better job of that thing by, I don't know, two, two times. Get off the field a little earlier. And it's not third and two or third and one. We're talking about third and six, third and eight. There was a third and 18. Third and 18. for a touchdown for Wisconsin. Yes. Third and 18. What? Get off the field. It happens, just not often. On third down, specifically third and long. The defense has done what they need to do to put the offense in a tough position, right? It's third and long. Advantage defense. Get off the field. Go get a sack. Go get a sack. BYU has one sack the last three games. One sack? Man, and these tackles for losses, have they mattered? Doesn't feel There's like 18. it. 18. How many of those have come when BYU's been down by 20 or plus? I don't even want to know. So those, they're not every, every tack for loss is created equal. So I, I do think the defense has done a, a, a decent job. That's coming off a 40-point game allowed. Yes. I think they've done a decent job, Okay. In fact, I think this is defense is good. Last year, BYU was second in takeaways in the country. That's not going to happen this year. But what BYU some can do— Some of that is based on luck, too, right? I agree with you. I yes. think that turnovers are lucky to some degree. Yes. Was Zane Anderson's interception somewhat lucky— the only one of the year, by the way, against Portland State. Yeah, the dude has to – the Portland State guy has to uh, bobble it. It has to ricochet off his hands. You know what I mean? Not all takeaways are like, give me that. You know what I mean? Some are. 
Some are, but others are lucky. So BYU needs to force some turnovers. They need to get off the field on third down. Give the offense a chance. If the offense still can't move the chains, you got a bigger problem. But at least put yourself in that position to help the other side. And offensively, hey, move the chains. Even if you don't score, at least move the chains a little bit. Switch field position. Give the defense some rest. But you do want to score. Oh, by the way. Watch the havoc rate against Utah State. Because if BYU is up near where they were last year, 17%. 17 17 plus? One in every five or six plays. There we go. There's the 17 plus reference. It always comes back. (laughs) One of those eternal numbers. If the havoc rate is closer to one in every five or six plays compared to one out of ten, then things will get better. Okay, don't be shocked if things turn drastically and quickly against a team that's not as good as Wisconsin or Utah or LSU. Because they're not as mentally tough. They're not. Just, they're just not as good on exactly. the field. Mental toughness, overrated. How about physical toughness? You know what I mean? Like, BYU wasn't. BYU could have been mentally tough against Wisconsin. They weren't physically tough. Be physical more than mental. Yeah, Be very both. few teams are as physical as Wisconsin this yeah. year. Yeah, Ed Lamb on Coordinator's Corner Monday was awesome. He was, the gist of it was like, you know what, motivation and uh, you know excitement and all that. Let's just play. Let's just play well. All of that doesn't matter if you don't play well. Play well. Create Execute. momentum. Yes. Let's go back to the Twitter machine now. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. It's Twitter time. What is the one improvement you want to see from the BYU defense against Utah State at Away Cougs? Pass coverage. Need more physicality. No bystanders on the outside. And a Nakua apprentice hawking the ball. Someone do it. Coming up, Logan on Logan. What? Brian tells us what being 1-3 and and going to Logan is like. Brian Billick, Super Bowl champion coach, has been on both sides of this rivalry. Coached at Utah State, played at BYU. Who needs the win more in his opinion? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back, my friends. BYU Sports Nation is simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Hashtag BYUSN if you didn't know that already. It is game day eve tomorrow night at 7 Eastern time. We have you covered with Countdown to Kickoff live from Logan and Provo. It's on BYU TV and the app. Dave McCann, Brian Logan, David Nixon in Provo. Blaine Fowler up in Logan. You'll be calling the soccer game, which is happening at 9 Eastern tomorrow night as the uh, ladies open up West Coast Conference play. Check it out tomorrow night. What is the one improvement you want to see from the BYU football defense against Utah State? At Borge Tire says, I want Utah State to average less than three yards per run. That and some more Saki Sackies would be sweet. Yeah, we haven't talked a lot about Sione Takitaki since the first game. BYU in the four-plus range in yards per carry defensively right now. Uh, Elias Tuiaki said he would like to be more in the you know, three-point-something, low three-point-something. What do you think Kent Myers and Utah State are going to try and do against BYU? I anticipate a lot of quick passes. They're really good at screens. Not a ton of running against R- BYU's RPOs, defensive line. Run pass option types. They don't push it down the field a ton. So this is a situation where maybe BYU blitz a little more. Maybe the safety comes up. Uh, you know, Zane Anderson's in the box. Uh, by the way, he didn't play against Wisconsin. Um, the hope is that he's good to go against Utah State. I, you, I, I would dare Utah State to throw it down the field a little bit. Yeah, high tempo offense, quick passes to the side. They like to get their speed on the edge. I don't know that they will run the ball a lot or try to run the ball a lot against BYU. So well, I mean, they, I think, well, they do run the ball a lot. Yeah. 
Ken Myers saying, had a 68 yard touchdown last I'm week. I'm just saying against BYU, I don't know that they will try and run the ball a lot against BYU. You don't think they'll even try? Well, there will they will they'll run the ball, run the but ball. it won't be okay. as much as let's say against San Jose State or Idaho State. Yeah, Kent Myers' 68 yard run came against Idaho State, right? I thought it was last week. Oh, was it against San it Jose last State? Week. Either way, I don't anticipate that happening against BYU. Yeah, he only, he only had uh, 16 other rushing yards, but maybe at that point the game was in hand. What's the number one improvement you want to see from the BYU defense against Utah State? Hashtag BYUSN. We talked with former BYU player, tight end, assistant, and former Utah State offensive coordinator. Interesting uh, side of both coins or sides of the coin yes. for him. Brian Billick yesterday. Also, he's a Super Bowl champion coach for the Baltimore Ravens. Via Skype on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Who needs it more? BYU or Utah? Here is that conversation. If you don't already, I highly encourage following him at Coach Billick on Twitter and on Facebook. All sorts of football gems there for you to become smarter football fans. Coach, great to have you with us. BYU and Utah State, a rivalry that you have played and or coached on both sides. What is BYU-Utah State like, and what comes to the top of your mind when you think about that rivalry showdown? Well, obviously, it's different when I was playing. Uh, the rivalry with Utah was much more intense. Uh, we didn't play Utah State on a regular basis. Utah State, way back then, and I'm going to date myself here, back then, really was a heck of a program. You go back to the Olsen brothers, Tony Knapp, throwing the ball all over the place. Uh, Coach Knapp, in terms of, uh, they were pretty inventive at the time. So it was exciting football. Um, and obviously, it changed, uh, obviously, as we got into the 80s and 90s. And when I was there, obviously, uh, we were just kind of building it together. Brent Snyder, the last two years I was there, we were one of the top passing offenses in the country. So that was kind of exciting when you're playing BYU and the Heritage. We never beat them when I was the coordinator uh, at Utah State. So, yeah, the rivalry, it is a rivalry uh, at every sense of the, uh, the, the term and, and obviously very much so in basketball. Very heated in Cash Valley. They wanted so much to beat BYU. I'm not sure from the BYU standpoint, because it was more dominant on that side, that you thought of Utah State in those terms of turning, in terms of being a very heated rivalry. Describe to us what it was like to be on both sides of this, as you mentioned. So you played at BYU, but you you were a graduate assistant at BYU and the offensive coordinator at Utah State. What was that like? Yeah, it was a great time. I loved it. Cache Valley, you come up Sardine Canyon, come down to Cache Valley. It's just gorgeous. Loved being at the school. Very intimate setting in terms of the stadium. You're, you're kind of scrambling from the bottom up, trying to compete with BYU, with resources, uh, recruits, that type of thing, whether it's in Utah, whether it's in California, where we recruited very heavily. We relied a little bit more on the JC market. Uh, so, yeah, it was uh, clearly our fans very much wanted to beat BYU, didn't understand why we couldn't beat BYU. Until I'd say, well, you tell you what, walk through their facility and then walk through our facility, and you're going to see real, you know, real readily why it's a little tougher. <laughs> Although we did beat, uh, we beat Utah twice when I was there, so obviously Utah was a big rivalry as well. Uh, probably a little more heated because it was a little more balanced than it was when we were trying to beat the Cougars. The rhetoric in 2017, because of what has transpired with BYU football, is this is a linchpin game. BYU really needs this game. Obviously, Utah State always wants to beat BYU for the reasons that you have shared. So this year, who is the game bigger for, Utah State or BYU? Well, yeah, when you're coming from where BYU is right now, you desperately need to win. Of course, Utah State would say the same thing, and they feel like they really have a chance to beat BYU. 
So from that standpoint, probably maybe a little bit bigger for Utah State. Coach Sataki wouldn't say that because you got to have a win and you can't lose the in-state rivalries. And the fact that Utah State thinks that they can actually do that this year, they're probably putting a little more pressure on themselves this year. BYU at one and three, trying to get the offense jump started, has had a bye week, has been able to heal up. BYU's last in the country, Brian, in points per game, which is crazy when you consider the offensive juggernauts that have come out of here. So what do you expect this Friday from BYU as they try and get the offense going against a team that isn't ranked in the top 25 like the previous three teams? Yeah, and that, that's certainly going to be a factor. The matchup certainly should favor BYU. We'll get back to Brian Billick in just a bit, the Super Bowl champion coach on the BYU-Utah State rivalry, joining us on Skype via the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. I thought it was interesting when I asked him who needs it more because I thought for sure he would say, oh, it's BYU because they're 1-3. and three. But, but then it he, means a lot to Utah State. But because of what it means and because BYU is only a two-point favorite in Logan. Not there's one this, and a half. There's this, oh, one and a half. There's this expectation that, oh, we, we've got a great chance to beat BYU, so they're that much hungrier to beat the Cougars. Listen, we're going to talk to Brian Logan coming up about this situation. One in three, desperate, thinking about changes wherever you can find them to be the best you can be and snap out of it, going to Logan. This happened in 2010. This exact scenario. This exact scenario, and BYU lost that game. Now, I, I feel like BYU's defense is in a better position to rise to the occasion in this situation, keep BYU in that game. BYU gave up 31 points in that game. Uh, only thought, scored 16. Only scored 16. That was that was uh, a young Jake Keeps struggling to kind of find his footing. Um, I I think Bo Hodge in this situation, first career road start in Logan. Bo that, Hodge. There he is. His cr- that crowd is crazy. It's Christmas in Logan for those fans. It's a big game for BYU, and BYU is coming from a uh, desperate place, right at one and three, ready to prove itself. Stadium capacity, only 22,000, but they are hostile. Listen, can BYU fans and people stop talking about capacity and what that may be perceived? I'm not saying you are, but the whole, like, St. Mary. Listen, St. Mary's own BYU, and it doesn't matter the size of the gym, okay? The kennel is 6,000. They went to the national championship game. Like, the size of the venue doesn't matter. Doesn't, the hostility yes. and the volume yes. are very, very real in we, Logan. We, we think, like, population of stadium will in. Affect a game in a great way or something? Like, yes, but... It's volume and how engaged. Like, everybody that's at that game is 100% engaged in what is happening on the field. There is an advantage to that, right? No one's knitting. They are focused on what is on the field. Okay, as promised, we now go back to our interview with the Super Bowl champion coach, Brian Billick. Played at BYU, coached at BYU, then was the offensive coordinator at Utah State. If there's a guy that understands this rivalry... It's him. Enjoy the rest of the interview. BYU at 1-3, and three, trying to get the offense jump-started, has had a bye week, has been able to heal up. BYU's last in the country, Brian, in points per game, which is crazy when you consider the offensive juggernauts that have come out of here. So what do you expect this Friday from BYU as they try and get the offense going against a team that isn't ranked in the top 25 like the previous three teams? Yeah, and that, that's certainly going to be a factor. The matchup certainly should favor BYU a little bit better this week than the previous weeks. I imagine they're going to want to do what they had been, had in mind coming in. They want a little bit of balance. They certainly want to be able to run the ball. Can't turn the ball over against anybody, top 25 team or otherwise. 
And with regards to the defense, I think the bottom line is you can't give up the big play. You can't let Utah stay around by coming up with big plays. If indeed, if they can go the length of the field in 10, 12 play drives, okay, so be it. But make them do that as opposed to giving up the big plays. As a coach, what are you looking for from your team coming off of a bye week? You know, I'm looking for a lot of emotion. Uh, basically, kind of survive the early going, survive the storm, as we used to say, because there's going to be a little bit of rust uh, getting back into that groove. You don't want to let the mistakes early because you haven't played in a couple of weeks. Uh, don't beat yourself. Let the emotion of getting back on the field kind of subside and, and get back into it from that standpoint. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. And let the game kind of come to you. Uh, and mainly try to minimize mistakes, having not been in a game for a couple weeks. BYU uh, has made some mistakes on offense. They haven't created too many mistakes, if you will, too much havoc, takeaways, sacks, tackles for loss. On defense as much, your Ravens teams were known for wreaking havoc all over the field. What role do you think that could play for the BYU defense to help the offense? Yeah, our, our guys always kind of bristled up when I would talk about giveaways, they go, no, coach, they're takeaways. We, we don't let anything be given to us. We're going to go get takeaways. <laughs> and that has to be kind of the mentality. That has to be the mentality to a degree. Now, you got to be smart about it. Can't be haphazard about it. You know, even fast break basketball has to have a plan to it, we always used to say. So, yeah, you got to pick your spots, uh, see where you're going to get it done. The coaches have to make it very clear where those are going to come from in terms of the defense. You know, every defense uh, has a weakness. And there are some things that, you know, it's, it's kind of, okay, this defense stops this and this. And if they throw the ball in the flat, fine, guys, they get that because that not, that's not what this defense is, is uh, built for. And there's some more aggressive defenses going, we got to make this happen. We've got to get pressure. Got to get the ball out quick. If we don't and the quarterback gets the ball down the field, then that's our, our fault on the front seven. You know, it typically goes to the, the adage that the front seven's job is to make the quarterback throw the ball quickly to help the secondary. The secondary matches up to make the quarterback hold the ball so your front seven can get home. What is the number one indicator that BYU's offense has improved during the bye week for you, Coach? To me, you know, the, the, in football today, it's about big plays and turnovers. You know, you need not, not only generate big plays, but you can't give them up. You can't turn the ball over, yet you have to generate them. So that would be the biggest thing. Can we generate some big plays? And are we not turning the ball over? Those two things means we don't make those mistakes, either on offensively or defensively in terms of turnovers, and we're generating some big plays that maybe we haven't before. Let's talk about some of the Cougars in the NFL. Uh, really good week for a couple guys on the defensive side of the ball. Kyle Van Oyt, 11 tackles, a career high. Daniel Sorensen, eight tackles, including like a forearm shiver uh, on one tackle, which was crazy. Uh, which was the more impressive performance to you by Kyle Van Oyt with the Patriots or Daniel Sorensen with the Chiefs? Well, they're both great, but that Chief defense is playing pretty good. In fact, on my show Playbook, which is on Wednesdays on the NFL Network at 6 o'clock, I'm going to show an interception that's the consummate Kansas City Chiefs. Pressure on the quarterback, Phillip Rivers, a corner that literally drops the deep route and robs and steals an interception on an underneath route. Mm. And that's what Kansas City's all about. And it brings it all together. The pressure from the front seven, uh, 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 Marcus uh, Peterson, uh, Marcus, Pe uh, Marcus Peters, the, the corner, breaking coverage and coming, getting the turnovers. We just talked about the importance of generating those turnovers. Comes out of the structure of the defense to do it. Really brilliant. 
Uh, in terms of New England, obviously they held on enough. It was all about Tom Brady and obviously, you know, going the length of the field. Uh, the defense is still struggling a little bit, and, and they're going to continue to be tested. Houston and Deshaun Watson, although I've got to tell you, you know, I've been doing this for 40 years. I watch all the games. I've got the Sunday uh, ticket, and I'm watching all the games, <laughs> and, the, and the New England game is on. And my wife of 40 years, who's been around a little bit of football, she just kind of passes through. Well, she's coming through just as New England has the ball with a minute and 30 seconds left. They're down. They've got to go the length of the field. And in her, you know, brilliant, infinite wisdom, as she walked by, looked, saw the minute 30, saw it was Tom Brady, and went, ah, Houston's dead. They're beat. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't even stick around to see the game, just kept walking, you know, because she knew yeah, Tom Brady, minute 30, that's too much time. You're going to get beat. Oh, fantastic stuff with the coach, Brian Billick. A short week for the Green Bay Packers, and I know that Thursday night games are not uh, looked upon kindly by many of the players and coaches that have to deal with them. But for Green Bay, does that mean less Ty Montgomery and more Jamal Williams just to kind of spare his body? Uh, it could in that combination. The fact that Detroit, you want to be able to run the ball. Uh, as Detroit, as Green Bay's been trying to do. Now, at the end of the day, it's Rodgers. You know, we the end of that game as well. Rodgers up and down the field. Just brilliant in what he was able to do. You kind of knew that was going to happen. Uh, but they want to run the ball on a short week. You want to be able to do more of that. Uh, Ty Montgomery, you're exactly right. A little more physical running game, particularly against that Detroit defense. Of course, Ziggy Ansah, the BYU fans are following him. He's having a brilliant year. So we could see more of Jamal Williams this week as part of the game plan. Coach, we look forward to your show, Playbook NFL Network, every Wednesday, 6 o'clock. Do not miss it, and uh, we appreciate the time. All right, guys, very good. Brian Billick on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I hope that we see more Jamal Williams tonight. That'd be nice. I mean, it's been limited. A couple of carries here and there, a catch. It's, it's fun to see him with the Green Bay Packers regardless, lined up in the backfield with Aaron Rodgers, but just maybe on a Thursday night. That's his role. Yeah. Because it's Aaron Rodgers in the past. You know. Ty Montgomery is really good, but a Thursday night game does create that dynamic of, well, just maybe we, we give Jamal a little bit more to spare Montgomery. Yeah, you'd like to see what he can do, absolutely. Coming up, we'll talk about your tweets and the Cougars getting defensive. Plus, former BYU defensive back Brian Logan. What would he say to the BYU footballers right now? He's been 1-3 and three and going to Logan in his career. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on the Brigham Young University Television. We are on demand anytime, anywhere you feel like it. And Saturday, we will be live with a special uh, countdown to conference, we like to call it, uh, edition of the program. 11 a.m. Eastern Time Saturday. That is an hour before LDS General Conference begins. It is the pregame show to General Conference, which 70s are out with... Uh, sore larynx and, uh, you know, ankle injuries, we will tell you, as well as uh, recap the BYU-Utah State football game. Yeah, mostly the latter. Yeah, mostly the Utah State game. You're right. (laughs) We need an injury report. We're sent in to wake everybody up on a Saturday morning. Yeah, and undoubtedly we'll get a couple tweets. Is this really how we should be preparing for general conference? Yeah. The answer is yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Are you questioning my logic? Well, some people You're are. A machine. When you they feel ask nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. 
Game day eve, BYU and Utah State. Up in Logan, Cash Valley. Countdown to kickoff. Get you set for this year's edition of the Aggies and Cougars Rivalry Showdown, 7 Eastern time. We have a presence, obviously, in Studio C in Provo and on the field in Logan with Blaine Fowler. BYU offensive lineman and Notre Dame transfer Tristan Hodge has been granted an additional year of eligibility by the NCAA. His, he is sitting out this year after transferring from Notre Dame. He will be a redshirt sophomore next season with three years of eligibility. Good news for him. Three-month process to make that happen, well, too. And it, that's Bo's cousin. Correct. Jamal Williams and the Green Bay Packers. Thursday night football face their divisional rival, the Chicago Bears, the black and blue division. 825 Eastern on NFL Network, CBS, and stream it on Amazon, who paid an exorbitant amount of money to have those streaming rights. And this just in, the West Coast Conference has announced its broadcast schedule for this season in men's basketball in-league. The schedule includes seven BYU games on BYU TV, including road games at San Francisco, and, or excuse me, uh, at Pepperdine and San Diego. Also, there are two games right now that are listed on the W.TV at Pacific at Santa Clara. So I would imagine there's a TBD on what TV channel those will be on as well. 18 games, 7 in league on BYU TV. Can't wait! BYU Basketball Media Day, by the way, also coming up very soon. Announced this morning uh, as as being, let's see, uh, next Thursday Thursday or uh, 6.30 Eastern. A week from today. Next Thursday. A week from today. We're talking BYU Basketball. Okay, I want all of you to think about a scenario. Rewind roughly seven years. Before game number five, BYU football in 2010, one and three, having played a tough early season schedule, struggling offense, quarterback situation up in the air. There's an injury there. And no, we're not talking about this season. This literally is 2010. It feels similar, doesn't it? It's time to relive what that was like and how BYU can change it with Brian Logan, who joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Brian, what is Utah State week like when the team is struggling? Oh, man. Uh, Trying to remember back, you know, too many uh, concussions. So (laughs) (laughs) a little foggy, but... um... You know, I think I think we were actually more optimistic going into into this this game. Um, you know, there there's the sense of, of the rivalry and, and stuff like that. We knew that they were gonna be pumped up. So, you know, we, we had a little bit more excitement, you know, being being one and three. And I think that the main reason why was this is a team that we could beat. You know, we, 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 we played against Nevada and you know, traditionally they didn't really have you know, it's not a historic program, but you know, Kaepernick um, you know, balled out, and and so we kind of said, okay, that's that's a good excuse there. Air Force, I think, ended up being ranked uh, for a couple of weeks during that season, so we were like, okay, yeah, that, that's a legit team as well. And then obviously Florida State. So, you know, we, it, I'm not trying to compare it to this year's team as far as the the, the type of talent that they were playing, but we kind of felt that there were some excuses, I guess. So we 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 headed into this week, and we we're like, all right. All right, fellas, we got this one. We're we're good. We always beat them, having lost in twenty some years. So you know we're good to go. So so a lot more optimistic than than the weeks before. And in that situation, uh, they got the best of BYU in twenty ten. Now BYU sits in a, a yet again a vulnerable position. Utah State's hungry. They'd like to take down BYU. BYU's won thirty of the last thirty five. Like this hasn't been a close rivalry historically yet. Here we here we sit in the same situation as twenty ten. So. What what advice would you give this BYU team if you had a chance to talk to them about 
being better in 2017 than that 2010 team was. Yeah, man. To not have the mentality that I (laughs) – don't be optimistic. You know, understand that you are struggling for a reason and and don't use LSU, Wisconsin as as excuses um, because a loss is a loss at the very end of the day. And and that's why we ended up getting the business because we we were like, man – we played Kaepernick, we played Florida State, we're, we're good. And, and uh, you know, we, we still didn't have that fire, that, that sense of urgency. So we, we got up there, man, and we got slapped around the face, and we know what it is. So that's the advice I would tell them is, uh, you know, treat every team like you're playing at LSU, like you're playing a, a Wisconsin, um, especially as you start to get into the, the latter half of the season. Well, it feels like with the players-only meeting and – the bye week to sit and think about everything that has happened over the first three weeks of the season, that BYU won't be overlooking the Aggies to any degree. That said, where do you feel like the BYU defense needs to make the biggest improvement to have success specifically against Utah State? So I I talked to um, David Nixon of course, uh, about this the last couple of weeks. And, uh, and then I talked to Grandpa B, uh, not Uncle B, Grandpa B, Brandon Bradley yesterday. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, who's and, that? Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm like, I'm like, B, man, what's, what's, what's up with, with these scenarios? And, and I already, and, and, and Uncle B was there too. So all three of us were there chatting it up. And um, I, I gave him some scenarios that we had talked about. And he was like, oh, yeah, he, he agreed totally with us. And, and those scenarios came down to, to, to the pre-snap reads and just communication. And, and that was the biggest thing that Brandon said out of, out of everything was just communicate. You know, everybody was, is, is chirping on the field um, right before the snap of the ball based off of the personnel, the situation, and what we see. And, and I said this to Uncle B. I was like, you know, it's kinda, it kind of reminds me of, of, of a basketball team that's struggling to, to make points. And, you know, the coach – Makes a rule that you got to have ten passes before you shoot the ball, right? Man. And it's kind of the same type of scenario to me, where you know you have to talk to at least three three players before you line up and you look at the at, at the opponent across the field, uh, just because there's so many uh, pieces in within a defense and within a scheme that you know break down into half the field, and then that half breaks down into you know other halves or other quarters, you know, uh, just depending on personnel and alignment. And so if you're not on the same page, man, you're 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 not going to be in good coverage. You're not going to have good leverage, you know, et cetera. So I would say that, man, is, is communication and really pre-snap, you know, before the snap of the ball, communicate with your guys. BYU had 11 turnovers or takeaways uh, last year through four games. They only have three this year. What role do you think more takeaways could play in the overall success of this team, Brian? Oh, I mean, it's 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 huge. I mean, that's, that's usually the, the – the factor in any game when you win or, lo- or lose is is, uh, is takeaways. So, I mean, with, with a with a struggling offense, you give them a shorter field if you can, if, depending on where you get the the turnover. Uh, so it's much easier on them. Um, you get them more opportunities uh, to score and put drives together, and then you get to rest. You know, sit back, and get you some lemonade, and and uh, or in this case, pickle juice. You know, and ah! stretched out. But um, yeah, man. I mean, so I I, I would say it, it it's probably the factor uh, more than anything else in the game of football. Brian Logan with us. He lived the scenario in Logan seven years ago. Logan and Logan. One and three, BYU going up there. (laughs) Yeah, Logan and Logan was not a good thing, and that's why we're asking you 
what needs to be said, Brian. So we will pass along those messages. We appreciate the insight, my friend. No problem, guys. Have right. a good one. We'll you see got you tomorrow. It. Yes, we will. Brian we'll Logan on Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. You can watch Brian on uh, Countdown to Kickoff tomorrow, 70s. What is the one improvement you want to see from the BYU defense against Utah State? Jerem has pointed out why takeaways need to happen, and I agree with him. I would also love to see BYU get off the field on third down, particularly when it's third and long. It has not happened this year. Get off the field. Someone scoring on the field is Ashley Hatch. She scored another goal for the North Carolina Courage. That's coming up. She's rolling, isn't she? And how about a defensive touchdown in Logan? It's worked out nicely the last two trips up there. Is that the one thing BYU's defense needs? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And coming up after this program is a rebroadcast, uh, if you missed it or if you want to watch it again, of BYU Football with Kalani Satake, hosted by Greg Rebell. It's coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on BYU TV and the app. Of course, it's always on demand on the app or BYUtv.org. What's the one improvement you want to see from the BYU defense against Utah State? Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At Ames Flame says, I wouldn't call a pick six an improvement per se, but it sure would be fun to see one. I would call that an improvement. improvement. And guess what? BYU has scored a defensive touchdown in each of the last two trips to Logan and won those games. Kyle Van Noy, pick six, first offensive play of the game for Utah State. Neither were close. And then Tomasi Laulile on the the final play of the first half. Picks up the fumble and runs it in. BYU dominated in both of those games. By the way, uh, I tweeted this out during the Brian Billick interview. Was Mitch Matthews elite? Yes. No. But was he elite against Utah State? Yes. Yes. Three games, 19 catches, 387 yards, and six touchdowns. Basically, he averaged, what, 120 and two touchdowns? No, 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 129. 129 and two touchdowns. And two touchdowns per game. Wow. Even in 2014 when BYU lost in Provo with the whole Taysom Hill debacle, Mitch Matthews still really good in that game. If BYU – maybe we name a Mitch Matthews award for the player who is the best player against Utah State? The Mitch Matthews award? The Mitch Matthews award? Let's do that tomorrow. Let's predict the Mitch Matthews elite player. Who will be the Mitch Matthews elite player versus Utah State? Who's it going to be? Ula Tolu Who's it going to be tomorrow? For BYU against Utah State. But seriously, a defensive touchdown is such a morale booster for a team, especially on the road. Takes the wind out of the stadium. I mean, when Kyle Van Noy returned that touchdown on the pick six, it was so quiet in Logan. It was unbelievable. Same thing happened when Laulile took the play. Going into halftime, it was just death to Maverick Stadium. If BYU can pull something off like that, I really like their chances. I don't feel like BYU needs that to win, per se. If they get it, they will win. I'm telling you, if BYU has a defensive touchdown, they will win the game. Most, I mean, the stats show that it's like 90-plus percent or something. Exactly. If you score a defensive touchdown, unless it's against Boise State. Oh. Which BYU scored two (laughs) and lost. I will never be over that. Not ever. I don't think a lot of the coaches have really gotten over that one. You know, How, How are you plus five? 
and you score twice and you lose. Sticks in the craw. How does that happen? At J Olson forty nine answering the Twitter question. Make Utah State punt once in a while. My point. Get them off the field on third down. Yes. Get the ball back to the BYU offense. Let the defense rest. Just BYU's defense has been doing enough on first and second down to get off the field, and they just allow a lot of third down conversions. Well, the most important down's third. <sighs> At Aaron D. Hastings, I'd settle for winning. That'd be a big improvement from Wisconsin. Now, riddle me this. Uh, if BYU won by one, how's your happiness level? Super high. Really? I don't care. Win. I expect BYU to win. I need them, I need them to play well and win, okay? Because then going into Boise State and Mississippi, the rest of the season, I need to see BYU play well. I think that BYU includes a win. has to play well to win. So if they win by one, I think that they will have I, played well. I don't know how good Utah State is. They've looked terrible against the two Power 5 teams, including Wake Forest. They lost by 36 to Wake Forest. Now Wake Forest receiving votes in the top 25 poll, Jerem. Was that this week? I don't know. Yes. Was that a few weeks ago? Yeah, and then they dominated Idaho State and a San Jose State team playing its third-string quarterback. I don't know what they are. I don't know how good they are. They're probably not that good. But they're BYU is a one-and-a-half-point favorite now. So, so if they so, win by one. So if Utah State's all that, why are they a dog right. at home? By one and a half? That's They're nothing. a dog at home, though. You can't be a dog at home and be the better team. BYU was an underdog at home, right, against Utah? When the game started? Yeah, and BYU lost by six. <laughs> Coming up, which BYU football transfer just got a year of extra year of eligibility. I know it's not Spencer. Plus swag for Jamal Williams on a Thursday night. Will they get more carries against the Bears? Cougar Whip Run happens next. Weirdest what is, bump what is ever. happening on BYU TV right now? Our show? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. It was a Brian type of show. Thanks to today's guests, Brian Billick, NFL Super Bowl champion coach, and Brian Logan, former and BYU Brian defensive Reagan, back. Just because. I wish Brian Regan were on the show at some point. Yeah, let's do it. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up tomorrow, uh, Dennis Pita Pita and Micah Mika Simmons Simon. Let's whip it. Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. It's game day, people. BYU and Utah State tomorrow night in Logan. Countdown to kickoff is live at 7 Eastern time. BYU offensive lineman and Notre Dame transfer Tristan Hodge after a three-month appeal process, has been granted an additional year of eligibility by the NCAA. He will be a redshirt sophomore next season. Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams and the Green Bay Packers face the Bears of Chicago tonight at 8.25 Eastern on NFL Network, CBS, and Amazon. Men's basketball. The West Coast Conference has announced its broadcast schedule for this season's conference games. Right now, the schedule includes seven BYU TV games, including two road games at Pepperdine and San Diego. Cougars in the PGA. An update from the Web.com Tour Championship. Daniel Summerhays is currently tied for 41st at 1-under, and Zacharias Blair is also tied for 41st at 1-under. Golf. Get, get it, boys. BYU women's golf finished third at the Coeur d'Alene Collegiate at two over par. Rose Huang. And Aiko Lung were the top finishing Cougars at two under par, tied for sixth place overall. 
Soccer. The men's soccer team played Utah last night and won three to one. The first collegiate club win for the men's soccer team in 15 years. Yes. The women's team begins West Coast Conference play tomorrow against San Diego at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. And Ashley Hatt scored a goal last night for the North Carolina Courage, making it 7 on the season. She is 8th in the league in goals. Cougars in the Major League. Jacob Hanneman recently got his first start for the Seattle Mariners. He went 1 for 4 last night for Jerem's M's. Volleyball. Taylor Sander, Ben Patch, and the Team USA Volleyballers play the Dominican Republic tonight in pool play of the North Seca Men's Continental Championship. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets it? I don't know. Could be Ashley Hatch. They're scoring a lot of goals. That's a good one. It also could how about, be. How about the, the rare we liked something the NCAA did? They gave Tristan oh, Hodge wow. an extra year of eligibility. So should we give it to the Hodge family for putting up with three give months? Give it to the of, Hodge family. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Oh, you're right. Hodge. <laughs> His cousin, Tristan. Yeah, so he, to be clear, he can't play right now. He has to sit out this year. He will play next year, but he'll have three years. That's awesome. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, baby. What is the one improvement you want to see from the BYU defense against Utah State? At Melocopter, pass coverage on receivers farther than 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. That'll help with getting off the field on third and long. Our elite tweet of the day. At EO Cowboy. I want to see a stouter line. All plays begin at the line of scrimmage. Hold the line and win the war. Hold the line! Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Shows on demand on BYUSN.com. You know it. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Tom Baldwin. BYU Sports Nation back at it at noon Eastern. Stay tuned for a rebroadcast of BYU football with Kalani Satake.